Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Musings of a Mind and a Fan podcast. My name is Paul. On today's show, I will be talking about uh, Marcus Rashford, uh, who will be returning to the Mind United squad after the international break. He is um, fit and ready to go and I'm sure in the next couple of games we'll be playing some parts in the squad. Then I'll also be talking about Rafael Varane. I'll be talking about um, his injury that he sustained in the UEFA Nations League tr- um, final in which uh, France defeated Spain. I'll be talking about um, the match itself between France and Spain. I will share my thoughts briefly on that. And also, I'll be talking about Ole and his assistants. They are back in the news again. Um, some quarters, some media reports suggest that um, and the players do not trust Ole's assistance. I'll be throwing more light on that. Then um, I also talk about Paul Ince, who also has been in the news recently after his scaffing remarks about Ole's treatment of Don Van, Donny Van der Beek. These and uh, or these are many more topics I'll be talking right after this break. Don't go anywhere. Alright, welcome back to the show. This is again the Mrs. of the Mind and Fan podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. I would like to also remind you guys that whichever podcast platform you're using do not forget to follow or subscribe so that you'll be notified of um, new podcast episodes that will be on that will be coming from this show okay do not forget to like and follow and if you have any comments do not hesitate to send me a message and i will interact with them on the show on the next episode all right back to the matters at hand so first i'll be talking about marcus rashford he has been out uh, due to a shoulder injury he had to undergo so, uh, surgery after the european championships and he it was predicted that he will be around in october and october is here and he is fit and ready to go um, it will be interesting to see him back into the side. Marcus Rashford is one of these players you normally use if he's fit because of his productivity, his explosive kind of play, his speed, and all that. It will be very impactful for Man United on the break, and um, of course, he will chip in um, uh, lots of goals. This past two seasons, he has had double figures. Um, over 20 goals per season and this is hoping that uh, the trend will continue as well this season. We hope he'll be more clinical than he has ever been in his career now that we have the likes of Ronaldo and Ronaldo or Cavani and Sancho in the side. Of course, he'll be battling out with Anthony Marshall and so um, the United United team looks um interesting looks exciting looks uh, the the strength in depth uh, in the minor attack 
is comparable to any team in the world right now. Rashford, Marshall, Cavani, Ronaldo, Sancho, Greenwood. All these are players who can deliver for you um, on a regular basis. Um, the problem has always been the minor midfield. Um, our best combination and our best, um, the best balance midfield that is solid defensively and creative attacking wise. That has always been Ole's Achilles heel. And but going forward, he doesn't have much problems. He has a selection headache on his hands because I don't see more than three of the players getting selected regularly. And if Ole is able to strike a combination that works, we know that Ole will probably not want to to change it up because he he likes to stay he likes to he likes being confident in he's confident in security he likes stability once he trusts you he trusts you and if you're even going through a basketball he keeps on using you that is how Ole is and that is the situation with McFred Scott McTominay and and Fred when he trusts you to do a job for him um when the going when it's not working. He doesn't like to change it up. He's too timid to change it. So that is Ole's uh, stubborn character at this point in time for my United. So it's good to have Rashad back. He was recently given um, a honorary doctorate um, at the University of Manchester. So uh, Rashford has been honored because of his off-field activities. And he's also not doing badly in on on his on field activities. So nice one to Marcus Rashford, more power to elbow, and we love to see you um tearing up defenses in the Premier League and in Europe. Alright, so over the weekend France won the UEFA Nations League trophy. They defeated um Spain two one in a dramatic final. Um the game was the second half definitely was very interesting. Uh, the first half was a bit um, cagey and dull, which is to be expected of a final of two good teams who have good midfields and a solid defense. Unfortunately, uh, well, not unfortunately, in the second half, though, um, Spain got a breakthrough after France had missed one or two chances to score through Tio Hernandez and... Uh, Griezmann hitting the post and on the break Spain were able to grab the opening go through Oyazabal and it was looking good for Spain but within a short while Benzema with a moment of magic equalized within a minute of the restart Benzema called a fantastic um strike you know into the net Naisimo tried all he could to tip it over but it just just it was just too much for him and the ball was tipped into the net. A very great goal by Karim Benzema. And towards the latter stage of the game, I think in the 80th minute, um, Mbappe um, was played onside by the tackle by Eric Garcia when he was trying to stop um, a true ball to Mbappe. And Mbappe made no mistake uh, scoring uh, past Unai Simon again in the latter stages of the game. France rallied to get a late equalizer 
uh, but um, Loris was in fine form and was able to keep France um, in the game and win the game eventually for France. So it was it was a good advert for the UEFA Nations League. France are the new winners after Portugal won it a few years back. Now France have won it. I wonder who will be next to win it, whether France will retain it or not. But the French team obviously has strength in depth and have a very good team, you know. In the third place game, Italy were able to defeat Belgium 2-1. The Italians giving a good account of themselves. The Belgians showing that without Lukaku and Kevin De Bruyne, they are not as um, a mess as they should be. Um, it was it's sad the way Belgium uh, lost out of uh, you know lost those two games, especially the game against France. Uh, if they had been a bit disciplined and a bit more not so far losses in concentration, uh, perhaps they would have um, seen off that game against France. You know, the third goal they considered was sloppy. Um, the first goal. You could argue there was nothing much they could do. The penalty was unfortunate. I feel it was a harsh call, but we see them giving, and France took advantage. So and that, for me, is so sad on Belgium. But Belgium, resting Romelu Lukaku and Kevin De Bruyne, failed to really tell, threaten the Italians. You know, it was a it wasn't a bad game per se, but. You expect more from a team who has been um, world number one for for a long time, you know. And also, it just goes to show that their golden generation is dying, is fading of getting old. Uh, Vertogen, Alderweireld, these are old defenders and um, part of the golden generation who could have done great things. Of course, they got to... The World Cup, they were third at the World Cup, uh, at the uh, last World Cup in Russia. Okay, but um, they could have, um, well, yes, they, they met a very strong French team in the semi-final. I know that about that. Yes, you can lose that French team. But uh, that was their best chance of winning. A trophy and they lost that in the Liberal Championships again. They could not, you know, go far. They lost to Italy in a very, uh, in a manner that shows that they have the talent, but they just don't have the legs to go the extra mile anymore. You know, that's what I feel, anyways. That's that on Belgium. I don't want to talk too much about them because they're not really part of the people. Oh, they're not really my focus today. There are other interesting topics I would like to talk about. So, I also want to talk about Rafael Varane, who sustained an injury in the first half of the final between France and Spain. He got injured for the third minute, and the injury is a right adductor injury. And... Um, we don't know for how long he'll be out, but it's not looking like he's going to be available for the Leicester game that we played on Saturday. And that's a big blow for Man United. We already we already have lost um, Harry Maguire to an injury, a calf injury. 
and I don't know if he'll be available. Hopefully he will be for Leicester. But if he isn't, that means we have to settle for Eric Bailly and Lindelof. We've loaned out Axel Tranzebe, so we may need to have one of the academy players available as backup for those two. And you know, that that pairing is a decent one. But you know, we all know what's coming. McTominay and Fred will probably be playing again to protect those two. I have no problems with Eric Bay. I think Eric Bay is a very good defender. Lindelof is the one that is suspect, especially physically and in the air. Um, but let's see how it goes. Hopefully, um, we will have enough firepower to overcome Leicester, who, who are exactly not having a good run themselves. They've been losing and uh, drawing games of late. I think they lost to Crystal Palace or so. They drew with Crystal Palace in their last game, I think. So, um, let's see how it goes, though, for our defence. I hope Maguire will be back at least to to shore up the defence. All right, then, there's been a news report on the Athletic um, newspaper uh, suggesting that... Um, the minor players do not trust um, Oligona's assistants um, in Kieran McKenna and uh, Michael Carrick. They don't inspire confidence in them and they're questioning their, their methods and their ability to push them to the next level. Now, some of these stories... You wonder how the media gets these stories. Did they interview the players? Did they interview one or two players? Is that if the comments, even if they did, do the comments of one or two players suggest that is the thinking of everyone? So sometimes in this kind of media reports, you take things with a pinch of salt and um, people write stories because they just want to write stories and need to sell papers. And news about Man United always sells, definitely. So... Um, I think the story really has no substance, but is it a fact of life? Is it true? Is it a fact that the competence of Michael Carrick and McKenna are the standard that the club like Manchester United needs? Remember, McKenna was promoted by Mourinho. He has been a coach with Spurs and the other 18th coach at Manchester United and Mourinho promoted him to the first team and only retained him when he took the job. So it's, it is suggested that he is quite competent in doing, in preparing for training and all that as only delegates a lot of responsibility. So he does his own tasks very well, competently. However, do they have the tactics? Do they have the the coaching to make the team play in a system that brings the best out of these players and gets the best of our forwards do they on the evidence of play on the evidence of the way the minor have been playing so far the last couple of weeks it suggests that they really don't know what they're doing or these are the baby steps they need to take to get the best out of the team but if you look at it this set of players bruno Pogba, McFred, these are the people that will often get the nod on that only, especially in the big games or important games. They often get the nod 
to start okay now if we are not seeing any improvement in the patterns of play any system and things are getting progressively worse when new players are coming then we have to question the competence of Ole's coaching staff Makena Carrick Freeland okay Freeland because he's well experienced he works on that as Fergie then one could expect that he knows what he's doing but how much does he really know that can impact on the game right now he he worked with Fergie in 2013 and I don't think he has had any big jobs or serious jobs you know since then and this is 2021 that is um, eight years ago football has changed a lot during that time so what are we saying so these are the issues you know then Paul Inch um, made some comments um, on the media about how Ole has been lying to Donny van der Beek now um, Donny came in last season and of course he wasn't expected to displace Bruno who was outstanding who has been outstanding since he came but we know that he can play or do a job in midfield either as a central midfielder or a box-to-box midfielder you know yes Pogba and Bruno have locked the attacking and creative aspects of the team but surely um, Donny deserves to get more playing time everybody knows that because Pogba has not, hasn't always been at the races this season for Man United and sometimes if you are rotating you rotate Donny and Pogba or Donny and Bruno especially Pogba if you can't touch Bruno because Bruno can be useful in terms of set plays or spot kicks and all that and of course creating opportunities for our attackers to score you know but Donny has not gotten a look in he has only played if I'm not mistaken I guess West Ham in the Carabao Cup loss and in the Champions League against Young Boys after the first half he was chalked off for uh, only chalked him off for a defensive approach you know which he should have kept Donny on. I feel that if we had kept Donny on, we would have rotated the ball very well in midfield. I kept your boys and even scored a second goal to kill off the game. Then you can go for the defensive approach, but only went straight to a defensive approach in the second half, you know, thinking that young boys were not good enough to score and all that. So these are the issues. Um, uh, Pauline said that. Um, that only lied to Donny, that he promised him that he would have a lot of game time this season. But Donny is not looking like having much game time. We've played seven Premier League games, and Donny has not played a single one of them. He has only played in the Carabao Cup and Champions League. For a player of his quality, he shouldn't be. He should have had a couple of more minutes, one or two games. We know he's not first choice, and Pogba's contract is up in arms at the moment, and. We don't know if Pogba will extend or not. And it's possible that Pogba may leave. Does a player like Donny want to um, wait till then? Should he? Remember, the World Cup is next year. Although it's in the winter, in of in, well, European winter next year. But 
we don't even want to take a chance on that you know this is lvj that's there he's there are many dutch players who are waiting to take advantage of of the opportunities they get uh with lvg as the new manager donny too will want to be in that conversation too but not having regular football is not going to help his chances one bit because I don't think LVG is the sentimental type. He's not certainly not the player. He's certainly not a Memphis or Van Dyke whom you can you can give special privileges to because of their reputation. So it's a difficult one for VDB, and um, if Ole doesn't give him lots of playing opportunity opportunity between now and January, you should just let him go permanently on in the loan deal back to Ajax or anywhere to get regular first team football so that he can prove his worth and make maybe only might you know um, trigger his career like Jesse Lingard did you know you never can tell Lingard because of his um, performances in West Ham last season has cemented his place in all this consciousness and only thinks of bringing him on in certain games he will probably not be starting many games, but um, he will be coming in definitely as a sub in many games, especially if the going is good, you know. So let's see how it goes, though. But uh, Paul Ins actually criticized Olive and called him a liar. He was very blunt about it, and that's not good. Of course, Paul Ins is a different generation from Olive, so he has no qualms saying things as it is. Ole has been lying to Donny. You blocked his um, exit plans because you wanted to give him opportunity because you lied that he was going to get minutes. He has stayed. He has been professional, and you are not fulfilling your promise. If he's not got, if after seven Premier League games he has not gotten a look in, when will he get a look in? It doesn't get any easier in the coming weeks. The games Aston Villa, um, Everton. These are games you can give players like Donny. A run out, but you did not do so. Now Leicester is coming. We are taking on Leicester. We're taking on City. We'll be taking on Spurs. You know, we'll be taking on Liverpool in the coming weeks. If you don't trust him in in the smaller games like Villa, Everton, Southampton, you won't trust. You won't definitely not trust him to play in those bigger ones unless there's an injury crisis. So that is the situation with Donny. I hope. Things will improve for Donia, especially in the Champions League, which I feel is where he'll be getting more looking, really. Um, lastly, I want to talk about the Spikers. Um, the Spikers were able to revenge their loss to Central, Refor- Central African Republic in Lagos um, on Saturday, on Sunday, rather, I beg your pardon. On Sunday, they were able to defeat the Central African Republic by two goals to nil uh, after the initial loss to. Central African Republic at home in Lagos on Thursday. So it was a good game. I enjoyed the game. I actually watched the game and it was a much improved performance by the Spy Ghost. There was more urgency. There was much more there was a re, there was no complacency like we witnessed in Lagos. I guess part of the reasons why the Spy Ghost lost was because they were a bit complacent in Lagos. But they were able to um, put that aside and perform much, much better in the return leg in Cameroon. And the Eagles 
deservedly won the game 2-0. I would like this scoreline to be a bit more emphatic uh, to remind the South African Republic that what happened in Lagos was um, a one-off, a fluke, but um, and the Super Eagles missed some chances in the second half to increase the lead. There were some goal line clearances by the Central African Republic defenders who are actually very well drilled. And maybe that is why the score line is low. So that's it basically. I will be taking on Liberia in our next game. I think, I guess that will be, I'm not sure whether it's this year or next year. Um, this is October, so if there's going to be another international break, it should probably be sometime in November, maybe towards the end of November. Uh, so let's see how that goes. Um, so that's it, basically, um, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you all for taking our time to listen to this podcast. Do not forget to follow uh, or like on any of the podcast services that you are comfortable with thank you so much for taking our time enjoy the rest of your week bye for now